where links lie and where content lies is it's going to be all about authority. It's going to be about authoritative links. It's going to be about authoritative content and the content written by authoritative personalities and leaders and all of that tracking through. That's going to be the only way to sort of separate mass produced faceless AI uh, content. Um, it's going to be the only way to make sure that the sources being quoted are, are real, genuine people. And then I think if you can tie all three of those elements together as a business, then you should do well. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy and excited to be joined by Chris Pantelli. Chris is the co-founder of Linkify, a leading hiring building agency that offers done-for-you services with a focus on affiliate authority, niche, SaaS, and other online web properties he helps clients vastly improve their domain rating, traffic, EEAT, and SERP positioning by securing the best links on the web. Chris and I are connected for a while now from a mastermind in Cyprus, which was a very intense experience for me. I don't know about you, Chris. <laughs> and yeah, I'm good. very happy to be joined by a friend uh, today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, George. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, um, as we do with every guest here at the podcast, we, we ask them, the first question is about you and your journey. So could we start there? Um, a few things about you and how you end up doing what you're doing today with, with Haro and Linkify. Yeah, sure. Um, so I graduated from university with a degree in business economics, then uh, immediately went into the family business of running a fish and chip shop for 13 years. <laughs> um, and then as we approached getting towards the pandemic, I'd started uh, like a small personal finance affiliate site, um, started to get some traction, some traffic, was making some money. Uh, that's when I came across my business partner. Um, we became friends. He'd noticed that I'd built some pretty solid links to that um, personal finance website. Um, and I'd uh, outsource some work to him. He asked me if I'd be interested in building some Harrow links for some of his clients, which I did. Um, and then we started to notice there was a, a 
pretty big demand for that because Harrow is really labour uh, intensive. So um, we started to take on a few more of his clients. Um, and then we decided that let's turn this into a proper business, uh, which we did. That's when Linkify was born. Uh, and then it just grew to the point where I was able to sell up my shop and do Linkify full time. And I've never looked back, George. <laughs> it's oh, been okay. great. Okay. Uh, I know you miss this uh, fish and chips, though. I would miss them. I, I don't know. Not, not at all. No? Okay. Yeah. Um, 15 hours a day on your feet, um, working in a hot, sweaty environment. No, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but every person I've spoken to, like, and they have experience with restaurants and food, like the food industry in, in general, they all, you know, say the same thing that it's it's very difficult there. It's very, uh, and and also I don't know why, but it's very like most people say that it's very stressful as well, right? Uh, yeah. Working in a kitchen is not easy. Uh, it's a tough job and it's very stressful. Anyway, that's you know <laughs> that belongs that belongs to the past. Uh, yeah. Now you're you're running uh, Linkify, which is uh, an agency that specializes in Haro. For people who have never heard of Haro before, can you please, mm -hmm. you know, explain what Haro is, how it works, and what is your approach to Haro at Linkify? Okay, so Haro stands for help a reporter out, um, and we use Haro as an umbrella term to talk about um, PR requests. So that's answering journalists directly. Haro being the the biggest provider of this uh, service, uh, where journalists and freelance writers can make requests for articles that they are producing on behalf of uh, normally very large authoritative publications. Uh, what, they're, what they're looking to do is source expert commentary to bolster the, the, the stories, the articles that they're writing, uh, and they want to take expert commentary and, and quote those people within the articles that they're, that they're producing. And um, while it's not uh, an SEO play, it's you know these are journalists and writers. Normally, they will will credit that uh, sourced quote with with a link, and then if they don't, there's there's strategies you can use to to try and get that done. Um, but as SEOs or you know real businesses, SaaS businesses looking for links, Harrow is is a pure white hat, editorially earned backlink or media mention um, because there's there's no exchange of funds. It's just you are answering the journalists, or if you use an agency like mine, we're doing that um, on behalf of you, uh, in your name, uh, you know, once we've onboarded and understood you and your business. Uh, and then we um, we answer lots of different queries that are, you know, either specifically related or at least lo loosely related to your uh, industry, to your niche. Um, and then we will answer those queries at high volume in order to try and uh, win the quote in that journalist story. And that's essentially what it is so it's a pure adding value to get something in exchange kind of uh, play right yeah definitely it's it's there's no other sort of link building like it you, you know you're not um you're not exchanging anything you're not um offering something to them for free that can um you know other than than your expert commentary so if you can position yourself as, as a leader, as an expert in, in your field, uh, then if you can provide commentary that that, that journalist thinks is interesting, uh, offers a unique perspective or an authoritative perspective on what it is that they're writing about, then 
you've got a very good chance that they will quote you. And then you've also got a very good chance that within that quote, they will give you a link. It's 99% of, of the time it's a, a, a homepage link. Um, and there's a 50-50 chance it'll be follow or no follow. Um, but these are, like I said, often the biggest websites in the planet. You know, the websites that you've heard of, New York Times, New York Post, Guardian, um, Daily Express, The Sun, uh, Forbes. These websites are the ones that you want to try and um, get links on. And you can almost never buy these links because, you know, it's it's journalists, not SEOs that are, that are placing these links within their articles. And sometimes you'll get quoted by a journalist that's, that links to you and then it gets removed by the SEOs as it's going through the editorial process, which is annoying, but that's the, that's the name of the game. In your experience, is there a certain stage at which SaaS companies and any other company for that matter should like invest into something like hardware link building? I mean, is it okay if an early stage, you know, I, I would yeah do do harrow or should it be that you need to find a product market fit you need to like um be sure about what the product is what the product does or it's irrelevant you can do it no matter the stage whatever yeah i think i think with these links because because it's just a it's it's completely white hat it's completely um uh like news and press links that it, it really doesn't matter. And I, th I think you should start as, as soon as you can. And um, one of the biggest benefits of Harrow is sort of a precursor to pure digital PR. So rather than engaging in like a reactive PR campaign where you're um, uh, purposely reaching out to media in order to try and get uh, visibility for your brand, this is a way that you can just answer relevant journalist requests uh, with expert commentary and try and get your... Um, the person, uh, the personality of of representing that SaaS company uh, featured, and then obviously trying to get that link back to the the SaaS company website, and it's perfect for building out that press badge, which is what we need to do in this day and age with you know mass produced AI content authority. It's all about authority and building those authority links and having on the you know the front of your page three or four big websites that you've been featured in, uh, and and the best way to do that. Um, is with digital PR, and the the easiest way to do it is to start. I'd say with with uh, Harrow or a done for you Harrow service, just to get those first, you know, five or ten massive links that you can showcase on your front page. That you've that's where you you know your website, your business has been featured, and I think you can start that you know day one. Is there a time or a typical time frame for a Harrow like campaign, or is it something that a company needs to do in? you know, perpetuity, like you need to do it just, you know, you need to do it as you do content, as you do other activities, mm. you need to do Haro, or is it that, you know what, we kind of got 20 mentions, we exhausted all the relevant publications in your like niche or category. And now there, there are not so many other opportunities. If we, if we get other like mentions, it will be in these same publications. What, what what are your thoughts regarding that? Um, well, first of all, I would say um, it, the time frame wise, it all depends. Um, we are at the behest of the of the publications and their editorial calendars. Um, we won a link re recently, um, an absolutely stunning link for a, a, a travel client on um, TripAdvisor.com, um, which is obviously you know 
absolutely massive domain and I, I think it was from the from the first email exchange where they said you know we, we'd like to quote you to that going live I think it was about four and a half months <laughs> so it took a long time that one uh, some campaigns we wrap up you know if it's a five or ten link order we can wrap up in three or four weeks if it happens to be um, a niche which is seasonally relevant at the time so last summer we had a couple of barbecue affiliate sites and it was barbecue season so as you can imagine that's what everyone was talking about we wrap those up super quickly uh, so i would say your best bet is if you've got budget allocate budget to it get started with it um because it can take a, a long time it can be uh relatively quickly i mean we have deliverables on what we you know we say three to four months i think on the the two smaller packages five months on the 20 link package um and we or we or always finish before the times but i would never say never because obviously it all depends on uh the, that particular SaaS, that particular business that particular industry and that particular time of year uh in terms of exhausting the links um again that all depends on the niche um and it all depends on how long you stay with us so if you allocate budget over a long period of time then SaaS is quite uniquely positioned in the sense that we can target two um two angles so we would first look at what given industry that SaaS is in so if it was like a SaaS for a, that was something to do with fitness industry let's say then the best way to approach that is that we would have somebody from the company who was a fitness expert representing that that um that SaaS fitness app whatever it might be and then we would be able to target all of the fitness queries and the fitness publications and the broader news publications that are covering fitness topics there'd be a healthy number of links there and then also we would um, have a second profile um, that we would be pitching and that would be from a business perspective so maybe a hr representative of the SaaS company or just you know the founder themselves and then that would open up all of the business queries as well um, so that would be a really good healthy number of, of link opportunities um, that could last you know a while That's that's very interesting because you know one of my next questions would be who should be representing the company in this in this process and i guess mm. that you you explained that already i mean um you need to find someone who is like hopefully an expert in what they're doing right and mm. they supposedly can kind of rep represent the company and kind of create content that has chances of getting media mentions and then you can also have other people from inside the company as you as you mentioned like the ceo or an hr person or whatever uh to whoever to represent the company in different kind of categories right uh, yeah i like i like that hmm. that's the that's the best way to what you've got to do is you've got to open yourself up to opportunities um and you've got to see opportunities where others wouldn't because if you are uh if you're a, a SaaS company then you run a, an e in email marketing SaaS let's say uh if you're just looking through Harrow and PR requests and only answering specifically email marketing related queries you're going to be answering one query a month and you're not going to win any links so you've got to think about how you can broaden the scope of expertise within that single company and and they're there you know if you've got um a tech guy who's responsible for building out the tech if he's uh you know super 
uh, well educated in coding or whatnot, then there are lots of, um, especially currently AI based um, queries, cybersecurity uh, queries. Uh, if the guy that's that's coded the the SAS or has worked on you know as a dev for the SAS, if this guy's got credentials, then journalists will quote him because they want expertise it doesn't matter that the SaaS is specifically an email marketing SaaS. if we see um, a cybersecurity query on uh, cnet.com um, and this guy's got cybersecurity experiences we can we can pitch that journalist to answer that cybersecurity uh, query we've got a good chance of winning the quote and then we've also got a good chance that they'll they'll quote joe blogs from uh, the email marketing SaaS uh, answering the cybersecurity query but they'll link back to his SaaS company or his author bio page on that SaaS website, which means that SaaS website wins the link, but we've gone outside of the of the, of the specific topic of email marketing and we've broadened uh, our opportunities. Okay, that makes sense. Let's say that you have a person from the company and you have, you know, broadened the scope of like, what the company can answer and what the company does and so on and so forth. And you get the request, what comes next? Like, do you ask the person to write a quote or is that some, is this something that you do and you we pitch do. it on behalf of that person? Exactly. Yeah. So we do everything. It's hands-free. Um, we, with, with SaaS companies, um, we're a little more stringent on the onboarding. So we'll take more um, information on, you know, how it is that they want us to position their company, any topics that they want us to avoid. Uh, unfortunately, Harrow isn't something, um, is one of the roadblocks we've ran into. And I think me and you actually had an exchange with a potential client. And it, it, a roadblock that we do run into is that they do like to uh, sort of pre-approve and that's just not something that you can do with Harrow because we've got to send those emails off as soon as the request comes in. Yeah. Um, but having said that, um, you can put the trust in us that we, we're never going to position your company badly. It wouldn't benefit us. Like we, all we're going to do is try and answer that query as, as best we can with our team of writers and our research. Um, and the chances are normally for larger publications, they're quite broad, the questions. If it's a cybersecurity question, let's say it might be saying, you know, what are some things that you can do to, to protect your computer from a, you know, a cyber attack within a company? Recommend a couple of tools, let's say, or um, a particular process. So that's going to be something which, you know, the guy who, who is the, the main dev at the SaaS company isn't going to mind to have said because it's going to be, you know, accurate and it's going to result in a backlink. Okay, that makes sense. Can I ask you though, are there any cases, any topics when you, you say that, you know what, this is way beyond our level of expertise. We, we can't like source a good writer to, to write about that because as I hear it, it's like, it, it's a lot of content creation and moving fast and grasping mm. the tone and like the style and uh, the tone of voice and like brand uh, that you're representing. So in that context, are there any topics where, that you simply don't touch because they are very niche, they're very technical, difficult, even, you know, I don't know, you may have other implications like legal and so on and so forth mm. that, you know what, we, we can't touch that, like we can't talk about these topics. 
Uh, well, we don't do uh, CBD gambling. We don't do those topics. Um, we do cover health, but we have a medical professional on the team of writers. Um, and then anything else um, is, it, this is one of the key things that I think is important to remember about Harrow is 95% of the time, the journalists are not looking for new revolutionary ways of thinking. Although, although they want an original perspective, what they're looking to do is leverage the expertise of the person that they're quoting. So if you're having an article written on a major publication about a, a you know an in-depth topic, the writer themselves, the journalist themselves is, is the one that's formulating the complex ideas within the story. So what they're looking to do within their story is to have uh, a quote which backs up maybe a small point within their story from a proven expert, be it you know someone with cybersecurity experience, the, the lead dev that we're using as our example from the SaaS company. So the questions aren't normally, you know, within that um, very difficult realm. They're not, they're more quite, um, they're answerable. And it's the journalist that's looking to leverage the perspective of the expert rather than to fundamentally research the, the core elements of the article they're producing. They're doing that. They just want to be able to, for example, if a journalist is writing a piece on, you know, the SaaS industry and how the SaaS industry is changing, they're putting all of those complex ideas and, um, you know, interesting elements. But what they would love within that is a small quote from you, George, that just says what you've seen recently in the past couple of months with SaaS since AI has come on the scene. And that's something which we can answer on your behalf quite easily, because really, if it's a good answer, if it's an interesting perspective and an interesting angle, a good use of the English language, maybe a, a really interesting turn of phrase with it within the quote, then they want to quote you because you are an industry leader in the SaaS sphere. You've got a podcast, you know, people know you. That's what they're looking. That's what they're looking for. That makes sense. Is there and I think I think that this kind of puts things in perspective. Meaning that I, I, as as I was like, I, I'm, you know, I'm not familiar with Haro, so I thought about it as the the journalist really tries to find a solution, let's say, uh, or an answer to a like a difficult question. But uh. like the way you put it and how I perceive it now is that the journalist is the one who is going to deploy all these ideas and like complex um, uh, things and is ultimately the one who is going to give the answer, right? All they want is um, this extra something um, on, on, the, on the piece, on the article, and this extra something comes in the form of a quote, which, you know, shouldn't necessarily be like an innovative idea or, you know, anything like that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you do get queries that are, you know, looking for that, but th that's quite rare. They fall into a, a few different brackets. You might have a product recommendation um, query. Um, you'll have uh, and like an expert commentary on, on, a, on a news event, um, which again is, is normally just backing up what the, the writer what the writer's opinion already is um and you'll have personal experience as well you'll have personal experience re re requests so that would be have you personally experienced anything in around this particular topic 
Um, but the bread and butter of the queries is expert commentary on answering a relatively straightforward question with a slightly unique and interesting angle and tone. Yeah, you're right. So that the the um, the author or journalist that's deploying the article can just beef their article out with some really well placed authoritative quotes from you know industry leaders, thought leaders, people with credentials within that particular um, industry. Are the the journalists kind of um, like do they do they do a research for you? I mean, will they search for that person and will they? actually see whether this person can speak for this topic or whether they are just like a fake persona uh, who yeah. like supposedly knows about this topic but in reality they don't exist so yeah it's and it's be and it's becoming a lot more uh stringent with the you know onset of, of ai produced content um it was a lot easier to even win journalist requests for fake personas which we've done um in the past but it's becoming um now that you know basically you need a, a a real linkedin profile for the for the person that we're that we're quoting and if that person has got expertise and credentials then normally that's pretty easy to verify and journalists are verifying now um we offer another service which we which we call our harrowfy um service so this is the best thing that you can do in my opinion and that is just source an expert yourself so if you've got a SaaS company in the um, in the health niche, let's say it's some sort of uh, health related SaaS, then either you can do this on your own, you can use our strategy, or you know we offer it as a paid service as well, where we would source uh, either from our, our small network of existing writers that we've got um, at hand to do this with, or you can source yourself um, somebody with credentials, an MD, you know, a doctor, a nurse. Um, ask them to produce three or four, five pieces of content for your website, put that content on the, the SaaS website, on the blog, under that person's authorship, and get permission from that person to pitch Harrow under their name. And that's normally quite an easy sell because that person will normally be a writer and uh, either a current or a previous professional in that given field. So often it's really good to find retired uh, doctors, retired surgeons, because they will have turned their hand to sort of freelance writing. Um, and that will track through on their LinkedIn profiles and their sort of web history. Um, and if they're trying to, you know, bolster their own freelance writing career, then as a sell, you're just saying to them, you know, first of all, I'd like to pay you for, you know, five pieces of content. I'd like to put your byline and your authorship on our uh, website, put them down as a sort of a senior content um producer or you know a senior editor for the for the SAS blog um, and then you're telling them you know I'd like to pitch Harrow under under your name if that's okay or I'd like to do some uh, media PR outreach um, all the quotes will be you know well written researched um, and then you you that will hopefully link back to our blog but that's something which you can then tell you know other people that you've been quoted in you know the Guardian the Times BBC as a freelance writer so it's quite an easy sell for them, and then it does wonders for for your uh, website. I may be a bit naive, but I didn't know that people do these things. I mean, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, are there any other best best practices that you that you have uh, for people who are listening to this episode or watching it on on YouTube, and also mistakes that you see people do when it comes to Haro? Yeah, uh, well, best practices. Um, yeah, there's, there's, 
there's quite a lot. Um, if you're going to do it yourself, then experience is is going to play a role. Like it's going to get easier and better for you. But I imagine that um, it's going to be someone on like an SEO with an SEO background. So you want to not be wasting your time pitching bad websites. That's the first first thing to do. Um, there, unfortunately, Harrow isn't uh, like 100% curated. So stuff will slip in there that's nonsense and crap. And you do not want to waste your time pitching these websites because they're, they're garbage, they're junk. So you can just use your basic sort of DR and traffic metric as a first port of call. Um, what I would also say is for any given specific industry, you should probably know the industry leading websites within that niche as well. So definitely be targeting those. So if you're in you know, the real estate industry, then you want links from Realtor. Uh, if you've got a gardening SaaS or a gardening business, you want homes and gardens and British home and garden, uh, uh, betterhomesandgardens.com. Um, if you, uh, you should also know the websites which everybody's heard of. So like I said, Guardian, BBC, um, New York Times, New York Post, you know, pitch these websites because if you've heard of them and their household names, then, you know, they've got big DRs, they've got millions, tens of millions of organic monthly traffic. So you want to get these websites outside of that, look at DR and, um, traffic as a first port of call, but don't solely rely on these metrics. You will see websites on Harrow that have got a high DR. Uh, low traffic. Um, most of the times that means it's it's a junk website. Sometimes it means it's another SaaS website that's, you know, a real business, a solid business that just hasn't itself got much organic traffic. Um, so I wouldn't rule that one out, especially if it's well aligned to, to your uh, industry. Um, and then you'll start to get to know the journalists. You'll start to get to know the publications that link, that don't link. You'll get to know the publications that forget to link and a simple follow-up email with a journalist a week later will turn that unlinked mention into a link. You'll start to learn the publications that will give you a no-follow link. But if you email a certain editor, you can get that turned into a do-follow link. <laughs> so this is what can take you from, you know, winning one or two okay links in a, in a given period of time to winning a basket of really good links once you start learning the, the tips and tricks of the, of the trade, as it were. And I guess some of these things are reasons why someone should, you know, come and seek professional help you know, <laughs> to, to someone like Lingify instead of doing it, doing it themselves, right? Um, yeah. I would like to ask you, how do you see, at the time of this recording, there is a lot of buzz around AI content. And of course, we will see where this, where the dust you know, what, how things will be when the dust settles, right? Because mm. right now, I, I shared a post on LinkedIn yesterday. It's um, uh, Wednesday, May 10th, the 10th today. And I did this post yesterday and I said that, you know what, it's one of the greatest things about AI content is that like most people are so obsessed about it and finding the next big prompt or whatever, and they forget the basics, right? While there are brands who like grow and get great results, actual business results, right? By, you know, doing the basics, keep doing the basics, right? Great mm -hmm. content, great design, great experience, great links and so on and so forth. And so, but at the same time, there are some things that change, right? And I guess my question is, how do you see what you do today changing in, I don't know, six months, 12 months, whatever, and the horizon is 
much shorter because we all thought that, yeah, things will change mm. sometime in the future, like in the next five or 10 years. But we see that, no, things change fast, you know? Yeah. And so how do you see things change? Because I expect, like many other things, Haro to become kind of the Wild West in terms of like fake personas, pitching, using AI content. And mm. uh, like, how do you, how do you see this, this thing that you do today change in the next six to 12 months or even beyond that, given the fact that we have this rise of AI content and not only because that's just one aspect of it. What if you have fake personas that make decisions like by themselves, right? Um, kind of like auto GTP, uh, GPT um, mm. and pitch journalists like it, it's independently the, <laughs> the, the, the wild west for a while. But I, I, I would like to hear your thoughts regarding that. Yeah. Well, whatever I say now, no doubt will be way off because, yeah, like you said, it is impossible to keep up with it. Um, uh, we've been, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember a year and a half ago thinking, you know, AI is going to be trickling in five, 10 years. Let's see what happens. But yeah, it's just gone nuts. Um, so the way that we see it going, um, probably um, in terms of um, where links lie and where content lies is it's going to be all about authority. Um, it's going to be about authoritative links. It's going to be about authoritative content and the content written by authoritative personalities and leaders and all of that tracking through. Um, that's going to be the only way to sort of separate mass produced faceless AI uh, content. Um, it's going to be the only way to make sure that the sources being quoted are, are real, genuine people. And then I think if you can tie all three of those elements together as a business, then you should do well. So if you have a real industry leader, CEO representing your SaaS company, if you have real human produced, beautifully written, researched, um, undeniably not AI written content uh, with you know, credited to have been written by a very knowledgeable source. And then if all that is met with very authoritative links, you know, non-paid for white hat, Harrow press links and digital PR beyond that as well, then I think that is going to be um, the competitor of the AI stuff that's that's winning. I think it's going to be a, a race, a battle because of how much can be produced on on the AI side. Um, but I think it will I think it will stand stand true and test the test of time, the the quality. I think it's going to be quality and authoritative. that's my view. Um, and I think as Linkify, I think we're we're here to earn you those those links. So you come to us with a, a a real business, a real persona, an expert, then we can legitimately win you media placements as that expert, and then that will tie your whole strategy together. I don't know about people who are listening like to this episode, but I'm sold. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like like I, I would, I would, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how this thing works. Right. So I'm sold. Um, you mentioned digital PR. What are your thoughts regarding? And I know digital PR is kind of a, an abstract concept as I see it, because every person has their own kind of interpretations and ways of perceiving things. 
what is digital PR? How is it connected to what we are discussing so far? And what do you plan to do on that end moving forward? So, well, so yeah, I think digital PR is 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 going to be ultimately the best strategy for for building links because every other link now is just a, a paid um, link insert request. Um, no sites are open to linking for free. Um, so, I think if you want to earn real media coverage um, in the biggest websites, then it, a, a digital PR strategy. And like I said, Harrow is a precursor to that. So, Harrow is. Uh, it's the low-hanging fruits of of pure PR. You are just you are directly answering a journalist uh, request. So the journalist is specifically saying, "I want this, I need this expert commentary. Who's got it? If you've got it and it's good enough, then you can win it. That's it." So digital PR um, is you know reaching out to journalists with a with a unique idea, a unique story, um, on the hope that uh, it's interesting enough to get picked up by big publications. Um, you know, many publications, um, and then hoping that you get the link and you do that enough times. And, you know, hopefully you get a, a big inf, uh, influx of, of links from an interesting story. So you could position that, like I said, if you had a, a PR, uh, if you had a SaaS company in, um, in a, in a broader niche, like, you know, a, a health SaaS or a fitness app, then you could, um, onboard, uh, a fitness instructor for the, for the, for the website or, you know, um, a, a doctor or an MD. Uh, it doesn't even need to be that. You can actually borrow the expertise of other real doctors and have them uh, produce um, like a story for your company. So if you had a, a health SaaS, uh, you can, um, as part of a PR strategy, we could uh, hire a doctor to uh, review some statistics that we might have put together on um, health trend searches around a, you know, this new crazy TikTok health trend, let's say. Um, and then we could throw that out to the, um, as a, as a, as a PR, um, to the, you know, to an email list, um, saying that this uh, study has been produced on behalf of this health SAS under the authorship of this doctor. And then, you know, you would hopefully win, win links that way. So, I, I definitely think no matter where we go with the Google algorithm, with chat GPT, AI search, wherever that's going to go, even if links in the next five or 10 or 15 or 20 years become irrelevant, if Google becomes irrelevant, which is unlikely to happen, but who knows where the way everything's going, then I think being aligned and associated with big, huge branded websites or publications which are unlikely to ever go anywhere is always going to be good for your business so that's where linkify is making sure that you know if links isn't a thing in 10 or 15 years then you're still going to want your ceo or your business to have been featured or quoted or covered in the biggest websites in the world the biggest publications in the world because that's going to show authority and that's going to be what wins wins the race that's all very interesting and i think that uh, this allows us to as i said we came full circle and this allows us to start wrapping things up but i'm sure that there are so many other things that we could discuss around that and as you were like uh, answering this last question i was like okay this this could be a topic for a webinar right because now we do mm -hmm. webinars at minusia so if you are on board, like we could, uh, we could, you know, do a webinar uh, regarding power and digital PR. 
Mm. I think that this was very insightful. And it's the first time we discussed after 70 plus episodes, first time we discussed Harold um, so extensively, I mean, on the podcast mm. and by and with someone who has so much experience as you. So um, I know I, I learned many new things today and hopefully people who, who listened to this episode or watched the, the video version of it learned as well. Last question I have for you, uh, Chris, CTA for our listeners. Where can people find out more about you and get in touch? Uh, yeah, just the website, linkify.io. Um, you can email me directly, chris at linkify.io. Um, and then if you want, George, I can throw you a, a discount code as well, um, which you can offer your listeners. So we can offer them a 20% discount on it, any of our packages as well. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Let's do it and we will communicate it as well. Um, that's great. That was great. Yeah. And I really mean it. That was great. Thank you very much for your time, Chris. And um, yeah, looking forward to follow-up discussions like, uh, great discussions like like this one. Yeah. Thanks, George. Yeah, I'm up for a webinar. And just on a final note, I think an answer to the AI, because obviously you guys are producing content, we're producing links. I think definitely the answer to fight the 1000 page sites which turn up you know in a day <laughs> is perfectly produced great content married with beautiful white hat um authoritative links i think that's going to be the the thing to fight the ai uh, content with and that's going to be how we get to the top of the serps above them couldn't agree more and uh, we will keep advocating for that as i mentioned right now there's a lot of buzz and uh, we will see where the, you know, dust settles in the next, I don't know, um, like few months slash few years. Um, but we will keep pushing towards this direction. Thank you very much, Chris. Mm -hmm. Thanks, George. Thank you. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, AHS. AHRS provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use AHRS Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahers.com slash AWT and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.